0: it's outrageous what happened tonight this is completely BS this is shame shame for the referees shame for the league to allow this 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in in a fourth quarter like how to play the game I all I understand uh respect for all stars and all of that but we have star players on our team as well how's possible is Scotty Barnes who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force and trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping and, and not trying to get foul calls, he gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you gonna explain it, that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here if, during whole season, I've been holding you back. It's a complete crap. No, thank you,
1: Darko Royakovich. Uh, it's fan morning show, Night 590, the fan. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That was after yesterday's disappointing one-point loss by the Raptors. To a, a Lakers team that is the in-season tournament champion and, and employed arguably the greatest player of all time, in LeBron James, who played 35 minutes yesterday. The Lakers attempted 23 free throws in the fourth quarter, as as Darko alluded to. Uh, The Raptors only two. And this is a Raptors team that, listen, if you stayed up late to watch, you know that the way that they were running their offense Mm -hmm. was Scotty Barnes and RJ Barrett and Pascal Siakam getting to the rim twice. Getting to the hoop. They were given the benefit of stepping to the line, the, the key moment in the game was R.J. Barrett getting slapped with a moving screen with about 25 seconds left, down three, right? I mean, it wouldn't have hurt as much if Scotty Barnes hadn't hit the three. Like, Mm -hmm. did they happen consecutively? Yes. Scotty Barnes, we all think he's tied the game Mm -hmm. with 24 (laughs) seconds left. Instead, going the other way, that did not actually factor into the free throws Mm -hmm. because no free throws given, obviously, in the offensive foul. But, yeah, this is... uh, The biggest story in sports in the city of Toronto today. It's one of the biggest stories in the NBA today. Um, Is Darko Ryakovich taking a star turn? Like, I'm sure there's more than a few people who are like periphery NBA fans who Mm -hmm. maybe didn't even know who the guy was that followed up Nick Nurse in Toronto. For sure. Now they do because Mm -hmm. this is, it's going to be on every Talking Head show all day today.
2: This is your A block. Lead. And would it have been if this was a Raptors jazz game? Maybe not. Actually, no, I take that back. Probably not. The coach going on this rant, it's always gonna get eyeballs, but the fact that it's the last game of the night, it involves the Lakers. The rant that you see from Darko, everything leads to it being a all eyeballs on it moment in terms of it's going to be a star turn or something. I don't know if it's going to go quite that far. But guess what? Everybody who cares, who looks into this at all or engages with the story, they're going to hear all the because guess what? Players are going to get asked about this. And what did we hear about Coach Darko? Part of the appeal of him is that he is highly thought of. Across the league, you know, there are superstar players who have connections with him who are going to get asked about this stuff. And maybe they have a funny thing to say. Maybe that continues the story along. I definitely think this is a, you know, I said it off the top of the show. I don't think it's a welcome to the NBA moment in terms of, you know, I can do this or, you know, he's been a coach now, but I think this is a welcome to the NBA moment in terms of he has officially arrived. Maybe this is more of his personality. Maybe he doesn't feel like he has to be the orange slices and stickers coach anymore. He can actually, and not that he has been held holding back from coaching this team, but you get to see the other side of him, the motivator, the angry guy. Because guess what? Both sides exist. There's no way you get to that co- that, that spot as a coach mm-hmm. just patting people on the back and constantly building them up. Occasionally,
1: there has to be that other side, and we saw it last night, and I loved it. Yeah, so Raptors fans probably believe they're, you know... They're, I don't think there's... You know, some document at the NBA head offices in New York City that says, okay, bu- bu- above everything else, it's like, screw the Raptors. Each and every chance we get with the officiating, mm-hmm. screw the Raptors. I don't think such a document exists, and I don't think most Raptors fans believe that there's some giant conspiracy, but there are, like, little dribs and drabs of things mm-hmm. to, to pull from the years that would indicate that, yeah, they do not necessarily get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to officiating. I mean the same can be true at times with the Toronto Maple Leafs who despite having one of the most skilled teams in the National Hockey League and controlling the puck a whole bunch always have the one of the the, the yep. bottom 5 power play attempts in the National Hockey League and we we've kind of seen Sheldon Keefe intimate To that degree, but he's not doing the... We've seen him
2: scream at officials about it last year.
1: Yeah, but we've never seen, like, the Paul Maurice really, like, let it...
2: The Daryl Sutter's the one I want. Yeah,
1: you've never seen him let it loose after the game. Do you you think there's a benefit to one day doing that? I think there is,
2: but I'm also not blind to the reality that everything everybody is going to say about, you know, Coach Darko, Darko Ryakovich, and his rant today... That comes from the place of not being the Leafs head coach, but the Raptors in the spot that they occupy in their respective sp- sports. That's kind of Daryl Sutter coming into town last year and going, Oh, classic. We come in here, we're playing the Lakers. How do you expect this to go? So I'm not blind to the reality that a coach from a, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful, but not a glamor franchise in the league taking that tact. It's a little different than the coach from the glamor franchise in the league taking that tact, but felt like Sheldon Keefe has bit his tongue for I don't know the better not the better part the entirety of his time he's bit his tongue when it's come to his players at certain times he's bit his tongue when it's come to the officiating and yeah I think from a fan-based perspective there are certainly nights you would love to see it and I'd be lying to you if I didn't have that thought when I saw the Darko rant last night of God I would kill to see that out of Keefe one day and look there hasn't really been a game I guess there's one. But overall this season, I don't feel like there's been a ton of games. There's a Rangers game where they didn't get a single power play. That was the game that jumps out of my mind. But I don't feel like there's been a million egregious officiating games this year where it felt like he needed to do this. But there's definitely been times in the past or even, and this is the part that I think will, will be interesting to watch as he goes forward, is... The idea of working officials throughout a playoff series. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it'll be be more interesting to see as well.
1: Yeah, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to be nope. Nick Nurse who's, you know, um, just But a again meme. Unless you're Daryl Sutter, and then you can just say,
2: I've been mm-hmm. getting screwed in this building, even when it wasn't this building and it was a different building mm-hmm. uh, that is now where TMU Bold play play their games that that you can say that. And mm-hmm. with Sheldon Keefe, you can't. Because if he came out and said the least we got screwed for thirty years, we all know how that would go. Mm-hmm. It'd be a very hefty find.
1: Let's talk to our insider. Who is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom? Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Today's insider, Justin Bourne of Real Kipper and Bourne. How's it going, Bourne?
3: Good, good. What would I be inside of? I guess my mm-hmm. show's knowledge. Yeah,
1: I don't know. You're inside the building. But, no, you have inside information on on Sheldon Keefe. I mean, you worked with the man. Come on. Don't sell yourself short. Come on. You've been in a professional hockey locker room, okay? All right. So you're (laughs) way more inside than us. I mean, if you're not inside, what are we? Like, we're... (laughs) We're up the track, you're Let's,
2: let's actually, boy. Yeah, let's not. you the outsider. Let's not delve too far into where mm. Ben and I exactly reside in this. Let's mm-hmm. just stick to you being an insider. Yeah, I think that's insider. a safe place for for all of us okay. to reside. Okay, Mister in-
1: right. Mister Insider. Like how 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 mad is Sheldon Keith? Quite often, like how much does he want to take to the microphone and start screaming at people?
3: Yeah, I, he's a pretty emotional guy. I'm actually surprised that we haven't had a moment, like a true blow up. I feel like the market has kept him in check because the market is so good at making such a big deal out of everything. I feel like he knows he doesn't have to really go over the top to make his point. If he were coaching Arizona or Columbus or whatever, you might see some Keith meltdowns about things to let people know how he really feels. But here he just says, I didn't like that call. And then we do the dirty work of complaining about it for two days for him.
2: Oh, it's so true. I uh, oh god, it was a pleasure of mine was uh, doing the Sheldon Keith decoding. I'd work in Leafs post games the past couple of years here. Here's yeah. what he actually meant to say uh, in that because yeah, there there there's ample evidence of of times he's he's bit his tongue you know we're gonna get into well I was about to say we'll get into last night's game Eh, probably not but you know just sticking (laughs) with this overarching theme of of Keefe we did this check-in I feel like after or maybe after the Sweden trip let's do it again uh, a month and change later where are we at on the idea of a different Sheldon Keefe I don't know that we're talking about that as much now that things just seem a little quieter and uh, lo and behold, Martin Jones has ridden in on his white horse to to save the day here. But, you know, there was a lot of talk earlier in the season of maybe this is a different key, a more comfortable, a more confident. What do you make of that version that we saw in years past versus earlier in the season versus the, the guy we're seeing now? And how much, if any, difference is there?
3: You know, I don't think I see a ton of difference. You know, like uh, I do think I see him making an effort to maybe use his players a little differently. You know, last night, I know it's not the most thrilling game or whatever, but on our show, we've spent some time kind of worrying about the ice time of some of the star players, you know, like they're playing in Anaheim in a back-to-back and Marner gets 25 minutes. You know, last night, Marner and Matthews, those guys played 14, 15 minutes in a, a runaway win. You know, I, I think he's trying to make a conscious, conscious effort to preserve the stars a little bit more than he has in years past. But yeah, in terms of like the way he's carried himself with the media and the microphone and all that, I, I haven't seen a ton of it. And to your point, I think it's still there. I think we still may get some of that. But you know, it's been a pretty successful run here twenty one ten and whatever. You know, they're they're humming along so far.
1: No, they're they're playing exceedingly well. It's a problem they play in the Atlantic Division, where I don't know. Right. And with each and every win, it feels like the Panthers are moving. Higher and higher up the pecking yeah, order. Yeah, how do they win as... two games every night? I didn't I... even know
2: that was <laughs> no. possible.
3: But the Panthers, hey, the Panthers have won eight straight games. Last I checked, and they're mm-hmm. only just three points back with a game in hand. Like mm-hmm. they're they're hanging in.
1: No, they're hanging in, and and they uh, I, that was the 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 aborted shootout uh, ending, right? They they've beaten that that Panthers team. They they've hung with all the good teams this season and in fact you know like how good would their record look and I know Ilya Samsonov's actual like his win-loss record is actually not bad considering he's like got an 860 save percentage but yeah you remove him from the equation I mean all the stats look better for the this Leafs team to that point then you know Ilya Samsonov is I guess skating with the Marlies now the Marlies play on Friday and you talk about preserving the the Leafs star players for the postseason, making sure that they, they they don't get overworked. Martin Jones is the meal ticket right now. He, he turned thirty four today. Happy birthday to to Martin Jones. Leafs have a back to back upcoming this weekend. Dennis Hill to be is having a great year in the American League, but they appear loath to to want to get him into the net. Like, wh- what do you make of the upcoming decision for for the Leafs this weekend when you have a back to back against the Avalanche and the Red Wings?
3: You know, to me, it comes down to what they want to do with Ilya Samsonov. Like. How long of a break did they want to give him? How much practice time? How much time away from NHL hockey is actually good for a player when you want him to be at his best come playoff time? So let's say, you know, two weeks is long enough for them. I don't think it's out of the question that Samsonov plays the second half of that back to back. You know, it's, I don't think he's going to get better not playing for a third week or a fourth week. You know, at some point he's got to kind of stay in touch with hockey. So, I could see that as an option. Otherwise, it's definitely got to be Hildeby. You know, the the guy has at least earned a look. And and look, like the Leafs have played Cascasuo. They've played, you know, you can go through a list of guys they've put in the net that have been Eric Shalgren that have been fine for them. Shalgren was more than fine in his, uh, uh, you know, NHL appearances. And his AHL track record hasn't been great. So I don't think Hildeby can't go in and give them one game if they need him to. It just comes down to what they want to do to Samsonov. The other thing I will add, is I am a Martin Jones truther now. I <laughs> actually believe in this guy. Me like too. I, You know, he, you look at the guys around the league that are, are great. It's like the same, you know who's the same age? Jacob Markstrom, right. Cam Talbot, B- Bobrovsky. These guys, are like he's not a million. And he's been a great started goalie. And when his numbers have tanked, he's been on bad teams. Maybe he's pretty good.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I put it at a 50-50 shot that he's starting game one of a postseason series. Is that too high?
3: god you know asking me today i don't think it is like he's played exceptionally well and it's really not that complicated deciding what goalie to go with has he been your best goalie if yes then he starts you know is wool available and you know that depends how he's played and if he's available down the stretch but you're right I, i i think it's getting up to that number maybe it's a little high but 40 60 like you're somewhere in the ballpark yeah, Ben
2: asked me, and I I said twenty, and I was wondering if that was too high. But the more I think about it, it it I mean, the way he's going right now, it feels like it's a hundred or zero, quite quite honestly. But yeah. I wonder, I wonder when we when we all get comfortable with this? Because I think a lot of people, especially with the way it started, we're going, okay, we've all seen the numbers. We all know how long it's been since there's been this version of a guy. But at what point in time? I mean, you know, he's at a month now and it's half the month, but or 10 days into it, but he's at a 972 save percentage this month. Now, it's not going to be that, but it was it's right. 930 over the 12 games that he's played and 10 of those are starts like at what point in time do you see have you seen enough to where you're buying in because you know you're saying it's here now i don't know how long it's going to take for the fan base to buy in on that cuz i still think there's a lot of people kind of holding off avoiding the the hurt that can come if this guy comes crashing yeah. down to earth like what do you think do you think it's by the end of the month cuz i think that's the other you know uh, thing that makes this a little easier on the Leafs is that Joe Wall is lurking he's on the ice but he's not coming back anytime soon so it does feel like you're going to get a good two three month sample size almost to Jones by the time you have to not be yeah. you have to make a decision but by the time it's a 1a 1b conversation even with Wall
3: here's what I know for sure if the Leafs didn't have Martin Jones and they were running out Samsonov and Hill to be right now. You'd be looking around the league, and if uh, Marty Jones was in San Jose with mm-hmm. a 9:30 <laughs> and 11 starts, mm-hmm. what would you give for that? Yeah. You know, what would you trade to get him on your team? He would be a guy you would highly covet, given his track record and his experience and all that. So, you know it it is a massive, um, you know, boon to the least that this guy is in their organization and playing as well as he is. But yeah, uh, you know how long it'll take to convince people. Uh, you know, I think the second the team sort of makes that commitment to him, which could come really soon, you know, if Lowell is healthy mm-hmm. and Samsonov is healthy, it's really hard for me to think that they think Samsonov's going to be better than Jones. So they may make that statement very clear at some point, make Samsonov available to someone else. I don't know. It's just, I think once they see the team buy-in, fans will buy-in.
2: Quickly on, on Samsonov there, and I'm I'm with you on all of that. I've been wondering, you know, We've, we've looked at these Sharks games and said okay if you're gonna not that anyone's ready I think to bring him back yet but the people have pointed to you want to get him a soft landing spot I actually kind of go the other way with him I mean my actual opinion on the matter is it doesn't matter I don't think this is a guy who's going to give you good to competent NHL goaltending this year but I think your best chance of getting him back is not throwing him the worst team you could possibly find and saying this is all we think you're capable of but if you do put him in that Red Wings game saying look this is a division opponent this is a game we need we are not simply just bring you up here to give you a you know soft put it on a tee for you we think you can play like can you make the argument if this is just a mental thing that you actually if you do bring him back you kind of need to put him in against a, a real team and not some also ran or cupcake
3: yes no I mean I absolutely agree with that it's I like the idea of putting him in a position where if he plays well you can say it was a game that mattered which by the way is the very argument for not playing him in the American League. Mm. It's like if you put him in a game down there and he's playing the, you know, Shreveport Mudbugs, which by the way, not a team in the league, but you know, whoever name, whichever minor be. league team, yeah. <laughs> you know, if he gets lit up, people are going to kill him. If he's average, people are going to say, you know, that's not great either, right? Given the level. And if he's great, they're going to say it's the Shreveport Mudbugs. Mm. So he he can't win if you put him in at that level. So I like the idea of putting him in a game that matters and saying You know, see if you can win us one that matters because the only reason we're keeping you around is because we believe at some point you're going to be able to play important games for us.
1: My go-to fake uh, minor league hockey team name, and it was a real one for five years, is the Macon Whoopi. Playing out of Macon, Georgia. Green logo as well. What an incredible team name.
3: The problem is, people, that doesn't sound like a hockey team. No, I know. like if you say make it whoopee, to me, you haven't even said a city or a
1: team. three-four Port Mudbugs, I think, yeah. might have
2: this. that's true. That could yeah, right. conceivably be a team. Yeah. It,
1: it
3: is a team, it's just in a different league. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. Um I know we're we're not talking about Neilander contract stuff anymore. At least I'm not. I like it's over, it's it's Great. behind us, but you are the insider, man. You're with the Marlies when he was there briefly. Um, yeah. what, what, what have you seen from the player o- over the years? Obviously, you know, uh, a high draft pedigree and like a lot was expected out of him. I don't know if if this level was expected out of him. How have you seen him grow o- over the years?
3: I think the biggest change is a, a, a confidence in his own physical strength where, you know, now you see him take the puck to the net and he can wear a guy like a dinner jacket and it doesn't phase him. You know, there was a game, I think it was two <laughs> games ago, someone like was was all over him and he had the puck, he left the puck to like reverse hit the guy to create space for himself in the ozone, and basically just say, you know, get off me. So he's he's got this sort of confidence in his physical ability now, which I don't remember seeing as much. Um, but other than that, you know, the guy he looks like now is the guy he looked like in the American League. He's, he's smooth. He is who he is. Uh, a million people have tried to change the way he plays, but this is, You know, he has proven correct. He is very good at what he does. And in the end, it is because he's made him a pretty good NHLer
2: did Mitch Marner hear us all talking about William Nylander's contract for the last two days and say, mm, I want me some of that looking at his four point night last night. I mean, obviously it was point night last night. Uh, he's going to have a handful of good games, but uh, the timing was not lost on me. Uh, I'm sure Tre living was going oh, God, you couldn't have given me one day of a breather. We couldn't have had a four point night from Robertson tonight. Uh, I'd be lying to you if that wasn't where my mind immediately went that it's uh, it's just a little funny happenstance that the first game after the Nylander signing yet yeah, is on the score sheet. Good night for him but it's uh it's the marner magic shining once again as he's the guy we turn our attention to here
3: ah dude he's he thrives in those games seven one that's part of you know what it is right you're right next gen seven one the yeah they, they beat Temple at seven two in game two marner had his four or five points you know like that's his sweet spot stack him up son <laughs> 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 but, but but really, like you know, he's obviously a great player. But but that is that is kind of the spot where he makes hay. So yeah, you have to pay him a lot of money. I'm not I'm not ready for it yet, Gunner. I'm not. Okay. All Fair.
1: Right. Fair. Last one. Um, you know, it is. It's a statement on the the state of the the hockey media market that is Toronto. That yeah, everybody on top of Austin Matthews changing the color of his is tape yesterday, <laughs> and then going back to the white and then scoring. I mean, we haven't heard anything from him about that. That is bizarre, no? Like, what do you as a former player, what do what yeah. you, you make of that?
3: Oh, I've done that. I mean, that's like a desperation. Like, it's just not going in for me. I got to do something different, try something else. I use the example on our show of the, uh, you know, you got the shanks. You put the keys in your left pocket and just, like, <laughs> see if you can't change the weight a little bit. It's just... Anything you could do, right? And, and by the way, what a testament to a great goal scorer that he felt things were going in often enough. Right. So he <laughs> changed. His to 31 goals in 38 games, or whatever. Pretty mind blowing.
1: Yeah, uh, Borny, uh well done. Had one game, he had one game without a goal. How dare yeah. he? he? Had to switch I it know. up against yes, the Sharks uh, uh, of all teams. Had to switch <laughs> it. Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you solidified yourself as our insider, Borny. Well done. All
3: right, all right, fellas. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: See you, buddy. Uh, Justin Bourne of Real Kipper and Bourne. He was our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Uh,
2: a lot of funny things in that interview. None of them funnier than uh, the Mitch Marner commentary, but he said Kazmir Kaskasuo's name. And the second that, that happened, I reflexively had like a cold sweat picturing the Geno Malkin clapper from the hash marks right. on a breakaway. About eight seconds into that game, the last one Mike Babcock would coach yeah, as a that's, Toronto I Maple mean,
1: Leaf. I mean that's the thing you remember, Casmir Kaskasuo. I do. For is no, it's but it's specifically like the harbinger for the end of but Mike it, Babcock. But it
2: is specifically that Gino Malkin goal. It was like it was like mm. the Penguins knew he was on death's door, and Gino said, "I will hammer." Him Mm -hmm. shot right here because you know we see a lot of bold moves with guys. I don't know how often we see just clapper from the hash marks Mm -hmm. uh, on basically a breakaway. So, yeah, Uh, okay. Fare thee well, Kazmir.
1: I, I feel like I've convinced you of a couple of things on this show. Even Let's, today, I've okay, convinced hold, you of a couple of things. I'm, I'm about to say that you and Bourne have kind of convinced me of another mm. thing. I think the point that he made about not starting Samson off in the AHL is yeah. a really good one. Okay. Because, yeah, I mean, look at what's happened to Jack Campbell. And he's uh, kind of righted the ship a little bit. Like the same percentage is closer to 900. It's still below 900, but yeah, it's a lose lose, right? Yes. You play well. It's like, oh, oh, congrats. No way, way to go. Oh, it's the Wheel and uh, Nailers. That's my <laughs> favorite one, by yeah, God, what a great name as well. Pretty no, it, it reminds me of like I played in a couple of celebrity softball games mm. where it's like you you play with these former major leaguers who aren't trying because yeah. there's no benefit this to them true. trying. It's like oh great, you you pounded one over the fence. Well done in a celebrity yeah. softball game. I, uh,
2: I I threatened Brad Boyce to get me an assist. He had to start trying
1: when he played with us, and he did. Uh, uh, yeah, Shocker! I said I need a point, our uh, goal, and he said all right here. <laughs> That's how he did it. (laughs) Yeah, and I I understand that. But, yeah, I I have come around to that line of thinking. But if that is the line of thinking, and Leafs aren't just going to say goodbye forever on Ilya Samsonov until they're absolutely forced into that situation, Mm -hmm. until they absolutely have solidified their National Hockey League goaltending tandem. Like, it's it's maybe a different story if Joe Wall is healthy and yeah. playing for this team. But even still, like, you're under no obligation to trade Ilya Samsonov. You're still paying him, mm-hmm. right? I guess you can clear up another couple million dollars mm, in cap space, right, if you need to. At, at at But until you need to, keep him down there percolating uh, with the Marlies, if not playing in games. But if he's here, yeah. and you are afraid... And it's also a good point about Casimir Kaskasuo getting into games and Eric Schalgren being a, a, just a guy, mm-hmm. maybe even less than a guy, and getting into a bunch of games for this like Leafs so team. So many games. But I think the reason why you'd be a little more trepidatious with uh, the Hilda Beast is mm-hmm. that you really do have high hopes for him becoming a factor at the, at the National Hockey League level, and you don't want to in uh, inhibit his development in any way. So if that's the case, okay. Then, then just throw Samson off to the Wolves on on the weekend against the Red Wings. Okay, they, they, that's that's fine then. If that's what you're going to do, I, I'm okay with that plan. So I'm looking at the calendar here. So you've got if you're if you're
2: going to throw him out there this weekend, that would be on the 14th. That would be when you would play that game. If Joe Wall is back, February 8th. That is still three weeks that you would need to survive with. Let's let's say it goes as bad as humanly well, possible, and you just cannot play this guy. It is such you mean like as bad as it was before. Yes, exactly. Because it
1: can't get any worse. No, literally, no. It, it can't. It cannot. Leafs played very well on the Correct. road against Columbus, yes. and they got
2: screwed by Lit- their goaltender. Literally cannon fodder. Literally, literally became it. So I think that you have to time this perfectly. Where to Born's point. You can't just let him rot down there for a month and say, all right, Joe Wall's back in a week. Uh, Let's let's try him out here now and see if we got something, see if we don't. I don't think you can do that. But I don't know that you want to completely commit to what this is with three weeks, a month still left to Joe Wall. So they're just in such a rock and hard place. The more we talk in circles about this, there's no good option. It's not a good option to go to Martin Jones in the back half of a back-to-back again when he's all you got. Right now, if he wasn't all you got, you'd play literally any of the other guys in the back to back on, on Sunday. If it's Hildebeest, you're Hildebe, you're afraid to play him. I think to a certain extent, you've been a little sheepish to do so. Part of it has been Jones play for sure, but part of it's been the sheepish nature to get Hildebe in a game. And then Joe Wall's not back anytime soon. There are no good options. They're going to have to make a decision on Sunday that they're uncomfortable with one way or another.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if if you were pointing to the Kings game and the the lack of exertion that Martin Jones had in that game, mm-hmm. and the fact that the travel was limited, yep. and the back to backs against the Ducks and a Ducks team, it's very low scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, okay, the, the Avalanche and and the Red Wings aren't low scoring, but you are at home for both of those home games, and he is only thirty four, right? Like I do, I do also understand that like it. <laughs> Listen, when I was growing up, yeah. Ed Belfort played 70 games a year. I remember. remember that he wore a jean jacket or a sick leather jacket on Hall of Fame night. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's there's an argument to be made that the, the, the workload can be elevated for the modern goaltender without risk mm-hmm. of injury. But just, like, quite factually, if you're playing in more games, your percentage chance of getting injured goes up. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think you can afford to... Well, I know you can't afford to lose Martin Jones the way he's playing right mm-hmm. now. And considering the options, I, I wonder if they're going to try and push it and, and go back to back with him again. Like, it, does it depend on the play? Like, what if it they, has to, it what, has to depend what, on the play. What if they and the opposition sure helped in in his four consecutive mm-hmm. games allowing one or no goals, but. This team is also coming around defensively. Like they're looking a lot like that team that played this style of hockey for a month span without Morgan Riley in Mm -hmm. the lineup last season. What if you keep that up for the whole week? Like, what what if they do again? Start Martin Jones at the the age of thirty four, calcifying fossil that he is. Well, you know what they have next back to back,
2: and you know what they have next weekend. What's that? Uh, Back to back on Saturday and Sunday. So we just get to have if that. Let's say. Let's say they do it Mm. and they allow one shot on goal against the Colorado Avalanche on Saturday and they go, all right, Marty, old Mm. bones, Jones, it's a Marty party, -er -er, Joneser, Jonesy, whatever they call them. They say, you're going back in. Guess what? If it all goes swimmingly, if it all goes perfectly and they eliminate everything, we get to have this debate again all Mm. next week long because they have a back-to-back Saturday in Vancouver, Sunday in Seattle. And what does that sound like, Ben? Mm. Pretty easy travel. I know you got to cross a border there. Mm -hmm. Nice short flight. You're already out there. It's not as easy as LALA. It's not as easy as home home, obviously. But it's not death knell travel either. It's remarkable how the schedule has set themselves up. Maybe the Leafs do try to buy themselves one more week. But then uh, doing the Jonesy thing back in Seattle, if he's carried (sighs) you. No, nah, I'm kidding. You wow. got to find a way to give him a night off, but yeah. it's remarkable. They, they have not had many back-to-backs. We know how the schedule has laid itself out. We know it was going to be jam-packed in the back half of the season. Now it's rearing its head, and you're going to need another goalie, yeah. whether it's Hill to be, whether it's Samsonov, whether Joe Wall is Wolverine and comes back sooner than we all think. You need another guy in the picture sometime.
1: Well, what I also know is that if you ask Martin Jones, he's going to say, "Yeah, like I'll will play every day." Obviously. Like are we, are we going to jam some more games in here? Like, <laughs> so let's 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 keep it going here. I'm I'm good to go. So
2: after that back to back though, you don't have one uh, at all in the month of February. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: it'll be interesting to see. It's re- the Leafs have a lot of decisions to make here in terms of their goaltending, and uh, only one obvious choice, and that's uh, old bones Jones. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, 34. Again, happy birthday to Martin Jones today. Uh, The Toronto International Boat Show, returning to the Enercare Centre at Exhibition Place January 19th to the 28th. We are giving away tickets to the event and ballots for a chance to win their grand prize, a Princecraft fishing boat with a Mercury engine and trailer. We also have our own VIP prize, which includes dinner for two, a $100 shopping spree at the show, and an overnight stay at the Westin Harbour Castle. Just listen for the code words in our show today until January 19th, then text that code word to 59590. You will be entered for a chance to win. Today's code word is Mercury. We have another code word tomorrow, so be sure to tune in. When we come back, there is another eight-year contract signed yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we'll compare the, the total dollar value to the one signed by William Nylander. That and more next. Leafs got a bargain, yeah. got to say. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
3: Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. So, yeah, it's it's Martin Jones' birthday today. He turned 34 years old. But this one slipped by me. This is weird. It's like kismet. Mitch Marner had four-point night last night to, to pass Frank Mahavlich. Is it Mahavlick's Mahavlick's birthday? No, no. no, that's funny. It's a good joke for us. Yeah, and that in, one guy in the text line. Inside joke. It's not. But it is somebody else's birthday. So uh, Mitch Marner, four, po- four points yesterday. Two goals, two assists mm. to pass Frank Mahovlich mm. for seventh in Leafs all-time point scoring. It's Frank Mahovlich's birthday today. He's 86. Very serpentipitous. <laughs> no, it's not a word, but you yeah. know what I was getting at. There's yeah, serendipitous? Of- yeah, there you go. It sounded like you said something with the serpent. Yeah. Like a serpentine. I'm always wary of snakes.
2: I don't know if you know that about me. Not a big snake guy, so I'm just weary at all times. Uh, but yeah, you
1: know what I was getting
2: at. Yeah. Look, I- we stayed up till Lord knows how late watching yeah. raptors and then oh, Coach Darko screaming. I,
1: I think I, like, actual rest, uh, like, I, I rested, I guess, but I didn't actually, like... Falling asleep, mm. I didn't get to ram sleep, that's for sure. So, like, I'm I'm essentially working on no sleep. Anyways, that's <laughs> besides the point. Happy birthday, Frank Mahavlitch. 86 years uh, young today, uh, along with uh, Martin
2: Jones. So, who? just to clarify, because people have been saying he's old, Martin Jones isn't 86.
1: No. He's 34. No, no, he's doing, I know, he's doing just fine. someone. People think he's up there, so I just wanted to clarify. No, 34. Yeah, not. Yeah, and just turned 34. So, no, the, we're, we're not talking about... Uh, a guy who's on his last legs in the national hockey league, like maybe has, you know, half decade still to go. Um, so I think I mentioned on the show today, that the Oilers are now in a playoff spot in the Western conference. Mm-hmm. They've won eight in a row. The jets and the Canucks are at the tippy top of the NHL standings. As far as points are concerned as the, the jets have won seven in a row. They have 58 points to lead the central division. Canucks have 57 points. They're just running roughshod through the stake, uh, the state of uh, New York. they, They've got the, the Leafs coming to town. Their Super Bowl upcoming. So <laughs> favorite thing in the world. Yeah, that that that'll be exciting. I can't uh, wait. What what a matchup, and and perhaps some of the shine being worn <laughs> off if, in fact, the Leafs go into Vancouver and win that game. Anyways, that's besides the point. The point I was going to make is that the Oilers have totally righted the ship. Shockingly, like uh, it was I, for
2: one. I'm floored.
1: Yeah, not really. But like how quickly it's happened has been yeah, it, it's been quite a thing. Um, but Connor McDavid still. He's got like a, a chip on his shoulder and they win yesterday against the Blackhawks who don't have Connor Bedard, but just barely. Mm-hmm. And they get outplayed by a significant margin. They had two goals overturned in that hockey game. Mm-hmm. One on an offside review where I think it was Leon Dreisidel went in ahead of the puck, but like just bare. It's so hard. And it, it, the review took forever and ever and ever uh, and eventually is overturned. And after the game, uh, with the understanding that the game, the, the two points were earned by the Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid was asked about the review that took uh, a lifetime. I, I do. I mean, obviously if it takes you 15 minutes to, to determine if it's offside or not, um, it probably doesn't really matter. Um, you know, um, you know, I talked to the linesman after ultimately it's not, a, not their call, I guess, you know, obviously they said it came down from the league, but you know, you zoom in, you zoom
2: in, you, keep zooming in until you can't zoom in anymore. And I guess it's offside. So, um,
1: you know what? Um, these, these are calls that, uh, you know, change games and ultimately it didn't go our way. You know, that was a big call. Um, it would have really, really hurt them. Yeah. Okay. So Connor McDavid, okay. He's not, he's not Mr. I I think he's never going to be Austin Matthews as far as the potential for outside of the game, uh, a personality, oh, right? Like, yeah. he's not going to end up on, on, uh, yes, can't the, on, the, on the cover of uh, GQ, mm-hmm. right? Like, wearing a weird coat. But I, I think Quite what we're, what we're seeing more and more from his media availability is yep. whether it's talking about the Olympics or it's talking about, like, wedge issues when it comes to the players and when it comes to the leagues, when it comes to the rules, this guy is is not afraid to speak his mind. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier when you win the hockey game. But we heard it earlier this season, like, He was getting pretty fed up with the way his team was being covered when they were off to such a horrible, horrible start, costing Jay Woodcroft his job. But it's been shocking how Connor McDavid, the soft spoken dude with the awkward photo Mm -hmm. with (laughs) with the couple in the airport, has kind of he's he's taken on the mantle of being the voice of the league. He's obviously the best player in the league. Like it's never been in doubt. But he's become the voice of the league, which I don't know if I ever anticipated.
2: Huh, that's interesting. I don't know that I would have necessarily thought of it that way. I'm not saying remotely you're wrong. It feels like this is kind of the way, you know, and I'm not going to pretend to to know what it was like as Gretzky was coming up, but of Crosby. I remember him and you know, he had his thoughts on things, but kind of kept his mouth shut, head down, just wanted to play hockey, just wanted to win. And then you get your feet wet, you get comfortable. And yeah, you ask me a question, I'm going to answer it. I don't think either of them are guys, you know, putting out press releases with here's my thoughts on the issues of the game. Here's what I think about Cutter goche and, and the likes. But you ask him a pointed question. They'll give you an answer. I mean, Crosby was asked about rule changes he'd like to see at the beginning of the year in some off-season questionnaire. He talked about putting the red line back in for Mm -hmm. two-line passes. These guys have thoughts. They have opinions. And when you play the game, and McDavid's different from this, even in Crosby, when you play the game in a way that nobody else does, that nobody else can understand. Say what you will about Sid. A lot of players have tried to play the game the way he does in terms of the grinding two-way hockey. Nobody's played the game like McDavid of just the whirling dervish, the speed he operates at, all of that. And I think it's a great sign for the game that somebody like that feels comfortable. I don't know that I would have thought of it if you would have asked me who's the voice of the game of hockey. I would have said, unfortunately, I feel like it's Gary Bettman or something yeah. like that. But, but from the players, no, no, like, you're who's, not-
1: who's the guy, well... He's the guy you go to because he's the best player, but he's also the guy that's not afraid to to put it on the line.
2: No, the guy who's not afraid to put it on the line, actually. Because I think McDavid still understands how much more weight his words carry than outside of Crosby, pretty much anybody else. But the guy who's actually the most unafraid is the guy they didn't ask about that review, I'm sure, because he would have been screaming in what, anger. Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah, part of it in German. Yeah, great <laughs> observation. Oh, that's a pissy question. All that stuff. Like, Dreisaitl is the one who, there's no veneer. There's no varnish on that. He's yeah. giving you, actually, there's a little PR spin on everything McDavid gives you, and I don't begrudge him for that, and he's growing out of that to a certain extent. But if you're just going to say, who's the guy in the league, I mean, it's not even... He's not even the guy in that dressing room that wow. will give
1: you the best one. It's dry side. I know, and we're grading on a scale because it is a sport. Like, there's no well, on Greens well, in this
2: sport. there right? is. It's Nikita Kucherov, but it's only after sure. the cup. Come on, come on. Number one BS drinking a beer yeah, shirtless. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I hated it, yeah. and I can't stand the guy, but we can't act like
1: that yeah. is not... Like... But well, Okay. No, yeah. the guy was, I'm thinking of, because, like, this is... We well, played the clip, and yeah, it was yeah. like, he was, you know, making fun of the, the review and... I mean, in the overall grand scheme of things, like not that otherworldly. Yep. When we're looking at North American right. pro sports, but in this sport, For it does sure. stand out. Tell me the last time Austin Matthews said something like even close to his interesting. No. As, <laughs> like, well, okay. So we're talking about voices of the league. And Austin Matthews, as far as his stature in the league, mm-hmm. right there with Connor McDavid, he's a Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, right. And he leads the NHL in goals. He's going to yep. win a Rocket. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, maybe those two at the end of the season are gonna be I mean, neck and neck for hearts again and and, and as they were when yeah. Matthews won his one and scored his sixty goals. That guy has nothing to say. Like I know the the possibility exists that there is something to say. Sure. He never says it. Like never like not even like the, the tepid stuff that we get that is like for me mind blowing from Connor McDavid. Yeah. We don't even get that.
2: From Austin Matthews. Okay, feel free to say that's garbage or wrong, but I... would It's be, garbage and wrong. Okay, well, let me say it first. Oh. I said feel free. I didn't say jump I, uh, and rush to say it. Okay. We've talked a lot about the difference of Coach Darko going after the officials and Sheldon Keefe going after the officials, and I'm not going to pretend that Connor McDavid's words don't carry any weight, but you don't get eye-rolling from 31 other franchises going, of course, Toronto has to make it all about themselves, center of the universe, and... Obviously, the bulk of this is the fact that McDavid is the best player in the game and he'll have that mantle until he doesn't, until Conor Bedard tries to steal it from him or something along those lines but I also think there's something to the idea of people are much more accepting of that from literally any other franchise if it was Austin Matthews who was super opinionated and making quips about stuff and saying I think the league change this I think these things should change, I don't want to overstate it it's not like McDavid is making sweeping demands or anything along those lines, I think people would feel very differently about it than they do about the Edmonton them. Oiler, agreed yeah. agreed, but
1: I think that that's right, why doesn't stop LeBron James playing for the Lakers. Yeah, did, it's a his opinion. Yeah, it's
2: also the NBA, yeah. and uh, you know he's LeBron James. Like, yeah, he's Austin Matthews. Yeah, again, he's a hockey player. Mm-hmm. So grading on a scale, all of that stuff. Like, I just think that there is, it would be so much less accepted by and large. And hey, would we all love him mm-hmm. for it? Would we all fed him for it? I know I would. I certainly would. And I'd love to hear more. But I just think that the shackles of Toronto. We ter- we heard about it with Bourne, mm-hmm. the idea of the market. No, that's it. That's if Austin it Matthews was a yote. Is there a completely different guy? Oh, please don't make me live it. I can't. I'm disgusted that I even said that. But is it a different player? Do we hear more things from him? Maybe.
1: Maybe Uh, not. Okay. So I I tease this. going on a break. There was another eight-year contract signed yesterday, (laughs) and uh, it's in stark uh, comparison to William Nylander's what ninety-two million Mm dollar eight-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you will. Eric Spolstra, head coach of the Miami Heat team that was playing in the playing tournament yeah. a season ago well, made it all the way yeah. to a, a, a NBA finals was rewarded for his incredible run as head coach of the Miami heat a guy that oh, many people thought had no staying power. When Pat Riley stepped aside and said, this is the next guy. Well, he's had a little success since then. Uh, yes. Uh, yesterday handed an eight year extension worth at least $120 million. <laughs> at least, at least a hundred, at least 28 million more than William Nylander. And I, I saw more than a, a, a few people, uh, in, including, you know, Alan Walsh, the, the, the agent, the player agent, talking about how ridiculous this is he that would a head coach would be paid more than one of the star players in the league, a guy with top five point total mm. in the National Hockey League and the top vote getter when it comes to the All-Star game, to which I would say, okay, well, like, we're not, going to compare the sports are we cuz no. like there's clearly a difference in fan interest and money earned through national TV deals but that is pretty hilarious that we're like a day after William Nylander signs a contract that a lot of people in the city of Toronto and I think rightfully so are like that's too much the player's great uh-huh. but in a cap league like that's holy cow 11 and a half over eight years signing less for uh, signing for less uh, per year and over the same term of the deal than an NBA head coach. It's
2: just hilarious that it's the same term. If this was
1: like a five-year That's deal the that thing, paid is right? a different and you could do the,
2: oh, per year, it's more, then it'd be funny, but the total dollar is less or something along those lines. It's just hilarious. It's, it's almost $30 million. but It probably will be $30 million more because it's a minimum of $120 million million it's remarkable the i mean good on spo i don't don't take this for a second as me saying anything other than that i i can't think of a guy who's had an otter i shouldn't say i can't think of a guy but it's like started out in the video room you know there's this clip that was making the rounds yesterday of norris cole who of course was uh, you know when mario chalmers wasn't getting screamed at he was a point guard on those heat teams and he told a story about how two or three times early on in the heatles era that you know, there'd be infighting and squabbling of practices and Spolstra would be trying to get everything together. And then Pat Riley would just emerge from his office and blow his whistle at practice. And everybody would come to a hold saying, I will be leaving before Spolstra does. And to have that much clout in an organization, I mean, obviously it comes from the guy with the most clout and arguably any organization with Riley and the Heat. But I can only imagine how much more effective a coach he gets to be. And granted, he's earned it. I mean, he had to deal with all those personalities. He has won with different types of rosters. He deserves it. But can you imagine how much freer you would be having that behind you? One, the money and the term and the security, but also just the power within the organization. That is NFL coach type stuff. Like that's Andy Reid Belichick level power, old Belichick power that we think of. And it's just... For any other sport, we don't really think of it in that way. Maybe Mike Sullivan with the Pens is like the closest guy in the NHL we have to that. Cooper with the Lightning, I guess, but it's just so remarkable in in that sport to to see it play out that way.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and to the point about yeah, Norris Cole and that story. It's, man, if you had predicted this at the the early stages of his tenure, oh my god, yeah, you you, you would have been laughed out of the room. But here we are. Uh, and Eric Spolstra, rightly, viewed as the, uh, the shining beacon when it comes to NBA head coaching. Uh, lastly, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers did make his return to Pat McAfee's show on ESPN yesterday after the Jimmy Kimmel, Jeffrey Epstein accusations or <laughs> joke or whatever you want to call it. Uh, not shocking. He did not apologize. No. He just uh, talked in circles. He's ta- for a long time. Like, a, like so long. He, ta- he talked a about... dissertation. Jimmy Kimmel's post-secondary education.
2: I don't know what's going
1: on here. For some reason, vaccines continue to be a topic of discussion. It's a big cudgel for him. In the year 2024. I got kind of moved on, but uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't. Also, Robert Sala, uh, Jets head coach. He was asked on Michael Kay's show about what he thinks of these (laughs) weekly appearances by his quarterback who's four years old and who they're they're very much in bed with coming off of – and Achilles' terror next season, he said, it's a fascinating conversation. But there's nothing negative about it. just how you approach it. I don't think anybody in the locker room takes any of that through with negativity in reference to the things that come out of these Pat McAfee segments. Um, it, it doesn't feel like it's going to end anytime soon. And part of it is getting paid a million bucks yep. a year. Robert Sala never gets to criticize a
2: player at this stop or any other for being a distraction ever again in his life. I'm sorry. Like, these are these are the rules. This is the bed you've made in. You can maybe say, well, Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. I don't know. I'd still like to see this version of him be it for this team. He's taken one snap, remember? Uh, we still have yet to really see him be a Jet. Uh, that's the thing that I keep coming out to. All we ever hear is you got to think, keep things quiet. You want to make it about the team. You want to limit distractions. And Rodgers has asked about this, and he cuts a promo for the McAfee show going, oh, talk about, uh, catch me on McAfee next week, you'll see me there. It's ridiculous to me, the idea that a team, and I understand, they're in bed, they made their bed, I guess they got to lie in it, but for them to be so obtuse about what this is, it's, I mean, you know, I guess it's that Sala understands he has less power in the org than Rogers there, but it's it's remarkable to me the way they're they're handling it, honestly.
1: It's already so embarrassing for that franchise, the way things have played out with the Zach Wilson of it all, and, and you know, like, it, yeah, It was not just a quarterback problem with the Jets this season, but it'll be the most embarrassing thing in all of pro sports if, again, the 40-year-old who will turn 41 during next season can't play coming off an Achilles injury (laughs) where everything has been geared towards this guy to save this franchise. Mm -hmm. So many sacrifices have been made. So many decisions that wouldn't have been made otherwise have been made to cater to the guy who's a Hall of Famer, an all-time great, and yeah. Super Bowl champ, and multiple-time MVP, but we don't know if he can still play. It's going to be hilarious if he can't.
2: I, for one, really, really want to see that, personally. Although, having said that, even though I've made my opinions on Rogers very clear— Aaron Rodgers full of confidence 3-0 at the beginning of next season in bleep-you mode, I'm kind of here for that as well. Because if you think he's talking crazy now, yeah. imagine what he'll be saying when things are going well professionally. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see how these segments are viewed, if he stanks uh, next season. I think he might. All right. Happy birthday again to Frank Mahovlich and Martin Jones today. Oh, this has been the Fan Morning Show. Ben and it's Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Good, Good morning. morning.